work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Cavoda. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. It's Friday. We're going to do a literary corner today? Well, actually, we're gonna, we, are, we are going to talk about one of my book reviews. It's not as literary as some other topics. It's a review of a book by a New York Times Federal Reserve reporter named Gina Smil- Smiliak, and the book is Limitless, The Federal Reserve Takes on a New Age of Crises. Wow. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve. Well, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that's a that's a big deal, uh, yeah. the Federal Reserve. But you know, um, just looking at the um, banking index numbers and some other stuff today, and I got to tell you that the uh, the market is somewhat resilient right now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Maria Bartiromo was uh, reporting on this, and she had a whole panel of people today, and and I'm thinking to myself. Wow, it's a result. That's the thing about Mer- America is Obama tried to destroy it economically and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, you really would have to. It, it's hard to break something that just is so big and powerful. Mm-hmm. But they're doing their darndest. That's the problem. Is they are doing everything they can to break it. And if that means stimulus spending and racking up a thirty-two trillion dollar debt, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And they've done it. And that's the problem. Uh, the housing market is still something that's volatile. I think the S&P 500 is going to be volatile. Um, and that, that involves a lot of index funds. Uh, that's going to impact 401ks and things like that. Uh, <clears throat> Jeremy Grantham is one of the people that I respect the most. Uh, the Berry guy uh, from the Big Short. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's he's also a, a great prognosticator. Um, but Jeremy Grantham is saying that the S&P 500 is overinflated. And uh, and so we'll see what, what happens with that economic picture. But the biggest, the biggest problem for the United States and, the, and its economy and its future is not even being talked about today. And... That is the dollar standard, and the dollar standard is going out the window yeah. with the emergence of 
And I'm talking about the rapid emergence of of China. China is is pressing forward with their yuan, and when France trades liquid natural natural gas uh, with you know in exchange for the yuan, um, and when you look at the way we've fecklessly and just stupidly have rolled out sanctions, uh, and and this war in um, Ukraine and Russia. You know, we're burning equity in Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. We're burning equity. You know, like credibility. You know, like like muscle. We're 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 wasting our energy, mm-hmm. our time, and our integrity. Yeah. On this campaign in Ukraine. Absolutely. But that, that what what that's about is that's about profiteering. That's about corporations and politicians uh, greasing the the uh, skids on that situation, milking it for all it's worth. They're milking the cow to the where, where the cow's going to die, and they're killing the cow. They're killing the cow. They're not. They're not saving the cow for a future generation. They're killing this cow. They're working this cow too hard, and that that is exactly what you know. Hey, look! I, I grew up on a farm. You know, I did a little, some farming, and um, you did that, some cow milking. You told me uh, electric milkers, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, not not the hand stuff. Oh, you didn't do the hand stuff. I, we, I had always, wash, we had to wash them before we put the electric. Milkers I always on envisioned them. you doing hand milking based on the way you told the story. We had electric milkers. All right, and well, that's a so revelation that means, to me. No, but you have to wash each one. You yeah, know, and you have to do it in a certain sequence. Yeah, and if you touch them in the incorrect way. The cow gets upset. Of course. And kicks you over. Yeah, yeah, and that's always a risk. That has happened. Getting to me. kicked by a cow. That has definitely happened. I could see it. Uh, anyway, so we're going to be talking about that today. You know, the well, the economy today, uh, the, uh, oh, the leaker. The leaker. The leaker. That's a big story, too, right? The 21 year old leaker. They cannot find the leaker for the Supreme Court justice. But they, they can find could, this one. Yeah, this is this kid who was just trying Jack to... Jack Texera. He was trying to be important. And to me, this Biden was asked when he was in Ireland uh, whether this is something big for him. And he said, no, it's not no. that big of a deal. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> I'm not worried about the leaker. Well, he's not worried about it because he leaks it. St- he sells the stuff. He, this, we sold this to China like I mean, a year did ago. Did you look at some? Just Scott, did you look at some of the pictures of this guy? He looks like he's twelve years old. Yeah. I mean, he's got a very young look to him. It does not say. It does not speak well for our uh, Pentagon intelligence community. Yeah. But it never does. You know, our intelligence community is the least intelligent people. You know, the CIA and the FBI and uh, a lot of the top brass. They're politicians. Number one. Number two. They're all about covering your own butt, right? CYA. And 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 half of them are Ivy Liggers, meaning that these typical spies are basically groomed out of uh, Ivy League schools. They go to these prestigious little institutes and dig in and collect data. And here they are. They're basically these privileged kids that are groomed to be informed enough and trusted to be spies. But they're, they're radical liberals, they're radical lefties, and that's the only way they're getting these gigs because radical liberalism is all about nepotism and, and cronyism. And it, it's sort of like 
why people hated the Jews because the Jews only hired Jews, right? And so if you're Jewish, you'll get the job over uh, you know, a white person. Because they wanted to protect uh, their group because they had been stomped on a lot. So there's a right. logic to it. Right. So, so, and then, um, but it's a, a sort of a discriminatory thing. But they were the best educated group on the planet. So, right. you know, um, they well, had a lot, they wielded a lot of power and people resented that. Um, but they ended up being liberal. And I said to a lot of my Jewish friends, I said, why in the world did, uh, d- are, are you liberal when it's so close to Nazism, right? I mean, the Hitler thing yeah. and stuff. And they said it's, it's through guilt, uh, survival guilt or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know. But the, they're making a big thing out of this leaked files from the Pentagon. Uh, could be worse than Edward Snowden. Well, when we actually signed an agreement to provide nuclear submarines to Australia, we are leaking the most privileged nu- uh, nuclear codes and nuclear science to China because China pretty much – Australia is a puppet to China. Mm-hmm. And don't think for one second that China is not going to get all of those secrets that we've sold – and not only did we sell them to, to Australia, we stabbed France in the back who had that contract. Mm-hmm. We I stabbed recall. France in the back. We stabbed them in the back. And now they're buying, uh, they're trading liquid national ga- national, natural gas with China for, um, <laughs> for money, for yuan, right? So this couldn't get any worse. Once we lose our dollar standard, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're dead as disco. We're 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 going to be Venezuela, at the rate we're going, and a country country like the United States can fall, and when it falls, the economy is going to fall, and everything else in between is going to fall, and if we don't have this dollar standard, I don't know what's left for the, for our country. This is how we've stayed out of wars. This is how we've stayed out of conflict. The strength of the dollar, yeah. The strength of the dollar, the strength of our economy, the strength. We always used that as a a bargaining chip. Mm -hmm. And we used it. Now we've milked it dry. Getting back to that cow. That cow is dying. You were doing a figure eight. (laughs) No, I wasn't. The figure eight goes longer into the show. It's longer. It kind of goes like this where it crosses over. Midway through the show. That's like 20 minutes down the road. Everybody stay tuned because the figure eight is coming. (laughs) All right. You're telling all my secrets. Um, Because people come into the show later, right? They come in, you know, 30 minutes into the show and they don't know what we're talking about. And they're not sitting there with their notebooks at attention, writing down everything you're saying. So So we save a couple of pieces of a story that we open with for later. And then that makes it possible for people to know what the show was about today um and i have a stuffy nose today i don't know why um allergies allergies oh, allergies and i also think te- rapid temperature changes are bringing that about do you know it's going to be in the high 80s in the dc area i mean it's- yesterday i saw in the weather report um that it was 89 in new york and 85 in miami you know, you, you got a little bit of a... You know, you got something going that's on. something. Yeah, that's something when it's 89 in New York and 85 in Miami. 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 
Um, so we got the leaked files from the Pentagon files could be worse than Edward Snowden's leak. Mm. I don't really think it's that bad. Um, but uh, shame on the Pentagon for being you know so inept. Uh, Austin should be fired, right? Uh, Millie should be fired. Yeah. All of these characters. Uh, of course, Mallorcas should be fired just right. for his miserable failure. And what we we talked about the impeachment of these guys. You know, impeach them for just being such losers. I thought right? I thought um, Mayorkas was near impeachment about two yeah. weeks ago. What happened I, to I'm that? I'm not hearing that anymore. anymore. So, yeah. But let's take a listen to this because uh, we have a bunch of clips we're going to go to today. Um, but we're going to start off with this one about the league. This is two days old. And now they know the leaker. They've arrested the leaker up in Massachusetts and stuff like that. We, we know all that. But still, uh, this is what they were talking about. Jennifer Griffin, live at the Pentagon this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dana. The revelations have sent shockwaves through the Pentagon and the national security establishment. And sources tell me could be worse than the Edward Snowden leak because of the real-time effect on allies, their trust, and the war in Ukraine. Fox News has agreed, along with other news organizations, not to publish the leaked highly classified documents, which were discovered last week. Details about the scope and scale of the leak remain sparse. Jennifer Griffin, live at the Pentagon this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dana. The- Wouldn't it be great, though, if the leaks um, resulted in the end of this conflict? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Zelensky's still that begging for money like a little pauper. Mm-hmm. The guy made over a billion dollars on this war. Yeah. And his family's drive- buying Rolls Royces and and buying homes in Tuscany and Miami. And all over the place. This guy is just, like, unbelievable. But um, it would be great if we would end this stupid war because all it is is just a... uh, At some point, you know, you wonder if these these corrupt people like Jake Sullivan, who, you know, was busted with Mike McCormick's testimony. Mike McCormick was the stenographer uh, under the Obama regime Mm -hmm. uh, that went on a uh, journey with uh, Biden to Mm -hmm. Ukraine. And they were talking about some things, and they totally busted open the quid pro quo Joe scenario of firing the prosecutor and um, withholding uh, taxpayer dollars to get um, to grease the sl- the sled uh, for the Burisma Holdings company mm-hmm. that uh, Hunter was on. So there was a lot going on there, and this stenographer basically said, if they put me on the stand in Delaware, and we played this for you yesterday, um, it's game over for the Biden crime family. But uh, we'll see. They got him dead to rights. You know, what the, what's up with this laptop? They've, they've had it since 2019, and the FBI doesn't want to uh, uh, look at it. Uh, no one seems to know where it is, and... It's, it's really kind of stupid. But, uh, you know, when you take a look at all of these things, um, it, we just, we just, it would be great if we could end this thing. But they've never yeah. taken a bargaining class. Yeah. You know, even with like lawyers, if you bargain like pre suit or versus, versus like after the lawsuit, um, pre suit gives you, when you bargain pre suit, um, it's uh, basically you could bargain away uh, secrecy, non-disclosure agreements, and stuff like that, and you can get advantages from that. Um, but when you start to use some of your bargaining chips up, um, 
then the bargaining is off, right? There's no yeah. no yeah. place to bargain. So if you're Russia at this point and you've already had your Nord Stream two blown up by the United States, yeah, and Norway, uh, which is what Cy Hirsch said, right? And you have all these other things going on. Um, at at some point, the expense of this effort and the length of time and the blood, sweat, and tears, um, they're going to be less inclined to bargain anything at this point. And right now, Russia's GDP is higher than Germany's. It's better. Uh, they've they've forged ahead and uh, launched a new alliance with China, uh, which is Xi, the most powerful country in the world, is China. And uh, together, Russia and China are the most um, powerful military force mm-hmm. in the world. And then there's the United States. It used to be the most powerful military in the world. But now we're filled with trannies and we can't recruit because nobody wants to play um, house with a bunch of sissies, um, uh, uh, girls, you know, the men that want to be bo- girl, boys that want to be girls and stuff like that. I mean, we're living in this... Uh, this alternative universe. No, remember the band that was called Boys to Men. Now it's yeah. now it's Boys to Girls. And <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all this other stuff that is just so unwelcomed. I mean, when you sit there and listen to committee after committee after committee with Millie in Austin and this guy named Cisneros, this DEI uh, president of the Department of Defense, you wonder what the heck they're doing. And um, we have a weaker military and weaker national security as a result of it. Um, Here's another U.S. military leak uh, story. Let's take a listen to this. Some are calling this the largest intelligence leak of the decade. Classified U.S. intelligence on the war in Ukraine, including highly sensitive information on the war effort, has been exposed. As the U.S. tries to control the damage, it's preparing for more documents to possibly drop. White House correspondent Allison Harris is here. And Allison, some of the information contains details on a spring counteroffensive against Russia. Yeah, that's right, Mitch. This is very significant. The White House, the Defense Department, and even the Justice Department all really scrambling to respond here and not saying much about this leaked information. The question that remains this morning, how did U.S. secrets and U.S. intelligence reportedly, uh, including intelligence on the war effort in Ukraine, get out and get posted to social media on Discord, on Telegram, on Twitter? Uh, The DOJ now investigating, and the Pentagon is assessing the impact of this leak as the spokesperson for the National Security Council says he's not sure if more leaks are coming. We don't know uh, who's responsible for this, and we don't know if uh, they have more that they they intend uh, to post. So we're watching this and monitoring it as best we can. But the truth and the honest answer to your question is we don't know. And is that a matter of concern to us? You're darn right it is. Yeah, you know what I think this is? What do you think it is? Just had a thought. You'd be surprised how many times light bulbs go off in my head during a show. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. This is, again, to control social media. Of course. TikTok was with the Restrict Act. And this is just when he said what he said there. All right. So think about it like this. People post up online all the time. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get government. They're trying to push the idea. Oh, this is it. This is the boom. Light bulb. bulb. I see the thought bubble appearing above your head. Yeah. No, that's it. That's exactly what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on here. And it just hit me. 
is, is is that this is all about government having a responsible uh, role in participating with big tech and social media uh, with regard to controlling the flow of information and having a basic gatekeeper as to what should be um, displayed on social media and what should not be displayed on social media. Think about that for a second. They're going to have a whole new thing rolled out in response to this. So basically they're saying, because we are stupid at the Pentagon and the Department of Defense and the State Department and the CIA, because we're absolute libtarded morons, we are going to have to control free speech in America because we're stupid. Because we keep screwing up, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to police the flow of information because we're inept. We're, we're not capable. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that their misstep is going to cost you. It's like some mentally ill transvestite shoots up a school and you have to give away your guns, right? Yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. Think about the injustice of that. Because you, some forefathers committed slavery. Whether they were black or white, they committed slavery because the labor was cheap. Not like we're not doing slavery, slavery in China right now. Forget about that. And forget about what the open border slavery is all about. Forget about that. Right. But okay, because there was slavery 200 years ago, done very much the same way it's done today in many markets, um, we're going to pay, uh, we're going to div- divide America with this redistribution of wealth and taking money out of one person's pocket and putting it in another. You know, they keep on screwing it up. You know, the, the government just keeps on getting involved and everything they touch turns to crap. And that's the problem. That That is a serious problem. But that's what this is about, folks. And you heard it here first because I haven't seen this at all. But that's what this is about. This is about the government controlling the flow of information and being the gatekeeper to what is classified and what is not classified because of this one incident of this one child, this juvenile, that... Um, collected information and wanted to win some friends over. And I would say, how convenient. This person's not going to be hanged or held up for treason. He's a minor. He didn't really know what he was doing. You know, I said this about the Bud Light thing, you know, getting to wokeness. Um, I had a picture of Dylan Mulvaney. I had a picture of... um, Colin Kaepernick. I had a picture of um, D- uh, Rachel Dolezal. Remember the NAACP leader? I had a picture of Elizabeth Warren uh, as a Native American Indian and how she benefited. I have a picture of, uh, this is a tweet, by the way, and I had a picture of Justin Trudeau in blackface, Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg in blackface. And Whoopi Goldberg is all about supporting trans and diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And she supported blackface. Uh, I have a picture of um, uh, Griner. What's her name? Um, Brittany Griner. Brit- 
No, from Kentucky. Oh, no, no, that's uh, Riley. Uh, Riley, Gaines. Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines. And Leah Tom. Oh, oh it's, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Uh, it says it right here, Riley Gaines. Okay. And Leah Thompson. Thomas. And, um, and then Jack Daniels got in on the action, too. You wonder why Jack Daniels would do that, right? I mean, going tranny. You know, it's just absolutely impossible to c- comprehend. So I wrote this <clears throat> in the wake of all of that. I wrote this. I said, I said, Bud Light paid Dylan Mulvaney to mock, degrade, and stereotype women. By the way, I got a lot of this mentality, this this in, this intellectual value. I got this from Tyrus. The uh, wrestler that wears the big belt. Oh, yeah. He's a friend of Gutfeld's. Oh, and I know what you're yeah, um, I give him a lot of credit for this because he, he enlightened, I mean, he once again inspired me to say these words. But I, this is, these are my own words, but I, uh, I think I was inspired by him. Um, and I said, Bud Light paid Dylan Mulvaney to mock, degrade, and stereotype women the same way. Nike used Colin Kaepernick to provide to divide black Americans on the basis of political ideology, fearing they were losing black voters to Trump. I believe that's totally what was going on with Black Lives Matter, even though it started under the Obama administration. Black people were hating Obama. They were hating him. They were like, he betrayed us. He is not one of us, and they were turning on him. And then Trump came along and said, what the hell do you have to lose? And it was game over. So Bud Light, uh, I'm going to read this again. Bud Light paid Dylan Mulvaney to mock, degrade, and stereotype women. The same way, because he didn't come out of thin air. Where did Who hired this guy, right? 200 days into his transition, he's meeting up with the... He's met, meeting, no, well, it was 365 days, but 200 days in, there's people contacting him saying, would you like to interview the president? Like, for what? Because I dress up like a little girl and a baby doll and act like a stupid idiot? Apparently yeah. that's the threshold. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, you got to know that this is a plant. This is an actor. Um, and... Uh, you got yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I think that maybe uh, your mic was off for a second there. For a second or for the whole time? No, 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 not the whole time. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry about that. All right. So, uh, Bud Light paid Dylan Mulvaney to mock, degrade, and stereotype women the same way Nike used Colin Kaepernick to divide Black Americans on the basis of political ideology, fearing they were losing Black voters to Trump. Trans men are destroying women athletics overnight. And it goes on to say Rachel Dolezal uh, led the NAACP chapter by exploiting herself as black while Elizabeth Warren advanced her career by lying that she was a Native American. Is there any difference when Justin Trudeau poses in blackface while advocating for trans women impersonators? Liberals are sick. And you can take this even further and you can say, Call, you know, you got Jesse Smollett acting like he was a victim of Trumpism and uh, white supremacists, and they make all this stuff up. Uh, J- J6 protesters, uh, they were merely protesting election fraud, and uh, the government tried to treat them like they were an insurrection. 
uh, when they had no guns. They, they didn't set anything on fire. Um, it's absolutely absurd. The only gas that was there that day was perpetrated by the government themselves. So it's absolutely stunning that we're living in this alter, you know, this alter, alternate universe. I said this a couple days ago. I wrote this regarding Bud Light, who's just lost like five million dollars in market share or something. I mean, it, and now you know what's funny about Bud Light, Leonardo? What is their they're basically skate. They're trying to create a scapegoat. They're like, "Well, I didn't do it. That 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 happened at a lower level. Somebody else hired Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, no one in our top executive branch. Yeah, everybody's playing this. hot potato with it. Yeah, and uh, even that um, liberal Ivy League uh, girl uh, that uh, was the marketing per- brand expert for uh, Bud Light is distancing herself from it. She was the one who said that they had to change the brand because it had, I guess it was too Threat. fraternity-centric. But yeah. then they fell into old images of her drinking beer out of a condom yeah, <laughs> 20 right, years ago or right. whatever. She's, she, she, yeah, oh, not even 20. Yeah. But, uh, Dylan Mulvaney is an actor that after 200 days acting and mocking women as a stereotype, he got an interview with Joe Biden. This was a strategically planned campaign. The question is, by whom? Mulvaney got paid by Bud Light, much like Kaepernick got paid by Nike for taking a knee. And that's just it. They do these things. Kaepernick was working on behalf of the Obamas to try to divide America in the wake of Michael Brown and to perpetuate Black Lives Matter. Um. And what 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 the uh, what happened there is somebody had to pay him. Now, of course, who's going to write that check, and how is that check going to be tied back? So, rather than write a check and tie that back to a pay-for-play scheme, they basically publicly, openly display that that because of their wokeness, Nike is going to endorse. I guarantee you Nike lost a lot of money. I will never buy Nike because of their political position. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many of me are there, but I know I've seen, I've met a lot of people, over 50 people I've heard say, I'd never buy Nike. Uh, they're just too woke, right? They're too ridiculous. Yeah. They're too gross. Yeah. And um, and they sold out America. And, and the same is true, I think, now with Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch shot themselves in the head right now. That was a headshot. That was a kill shot. They are not... Their beer sucks anyway. Yeah, I've never liked Budweiser. A lot of people Budweiser. don't like it. It's... No, it's fortified with rice. They don't use barley. They barely use barley, right? Barley and grains. I mean, honestly, like I said, I took a tour of the Coors plant in Golden, Colorado, and a buddy of mine enlightened me about this at the time. This was over 20 years ago. It was in the 90s. And uh, and he said to me, they they make this beer with a lot of rice. I said, no, they don't. I've seen the commercials. It's barley and it's malt and it's yeast and it's this and it's that. I thought he was out to lunch. And so he was with me. We were skiing and stuff in Colorado and took a tour. And he said, so then this cute little girl, you know, is like walking around the whole uh, factory and we got to see it from soup to nuts. You know, it was a really great beer tour, right? And any, any, any questions? Any questions? 
<laughs> she says, you know. And my buddy raises his hand. And he said, you mentioned the barley and the malt and the wheat and stuff like that and the water and the fresh water, spring water coming off the mountain. He said, but you didn't mention rice. How much rice is in your beer? And she literally said, that is correct. We, we have rice in our beer. Yeah. And she couldn't, she, she wouldn't. Uh, tell us how much rice why, was in the beer. Why is there a problem with saying there's rice in the beer? Is there something uh, negative about rice? Have you ever gone to like a cheap tuna fish salad place and it's uh, the tuna fish salad is filled with breadcrumbs? Yeah, it's it, like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, they're, the, they're, or, they're, the, or the crab cake. Rice is ca- cheaper or, than barley. Or, the cra- or you have a crab cakes and there's a lot of breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you're buying like a loaf of bread and some crab meat, right? Mm. You're buying uh, a loaf of <laughs> You're buying a bunch of breadcrumbs and some tuna fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, one is more expensive than the other. I think bread is cheaper. Yeah. Uh, it's a filler. It's like watering down a drink or anything else. You know, it's, it's stupid. All right. So we're going we're gonna to move on. Um, it was really kind of funny. Uh, there's a picture of uh, Joe Manchin and uh, Brad Paisley, that country music singer that nobody ever could remember. I had to look it up. I was like, who is this guy? Can't remember his name. And listen to this. They're, they're in Ukraine. They're in Ukraine. And they're sitting there in front of a uh, like a military piece of machinery. In the freezing cold, it's raining. He's got an umbrella. And they listen to the applause at the end of this song. They're playing Country Road. And Joe Manchin's over there, you know, probably collecting a paycheck or something like that. But. Why anybody in West Virginia hires this guy to represent them is beyond me. Take me Country Road. You're too loud, Joe. Joe Manchin. Thank you guys for having us. <laughs> God bless you all. <laughs> Did you hear the applause? I heard the applause. Yeah. And that was probably his chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Clapping. Well, it wasn't good. No, I, I mean, it was good as an example of what's going on in the world. <laughs> no, I mean, he's flying, wasting fossil fuels, No, that's by the what way. I'm he's saying. It's emblematic the of the jet. waste that is going on in the world. I said, meanwhile, your tax dollars are paying for Brad Paisley and Joe Manchin singing country roads in Kiev. Ukraine is a cesspool of corruption that has polarized G7 Western corruption consumption. From BRICS slave labor. That's what's going on with the New World Order, by the way, folks. Is it's G7 Western consumption from BRICS slave labor. That's what it is. All the BRICS countries are slave labor. That's India. That's China. That's, um, you know, Brazil. You know, there's a lot of people in these countries. And they're all working for next to nothing. Then you got this latte drinking... um, Ivy League graduates that get liberal arts degrees that don't know how to turn on a welding iron to save their life, can't fix their plumbing, don't know what to do with their trash. Um, They have never worked a hard day in their life. They're silver spooned and they just want to get paid buku dollars for pushing paper. And those days are pretty much over. Um, there's, There's not a lot of demand for that. So all of our jobs are going to be automated and AI and automation is, is going to take over. And uh, this is where we are right now is 
that BRICS countries are the ones making stuff. And they're the powerful entity. The New World Order is going to be a New World Order of G7, which could have been G8. Trump wanted it to be G8 with Russia involved. And that would have nixed the whole BRICS thing from happening. But because we have inept, stupid people at the State Department and at the, uh, in the White House right now, uh, they allowed this to happen because of this war in Ukraine because they were covering up their own corruption and laundering cash. But here we are. So they're singing this stupid song, Country Roads, in Kiev. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. Nobody wants them there. And yet they're spending taxpayer dollars playing around, singing songs in a war zone. What kind of war is this? So meanwhile... Your tax dollars are paying for Brad Paisley and Joe Manchin singing Country Roads in Kiev. Ukraine is a cesspool of corruption that has polarized G7 Western consumption from BRICS slave labor. This has had a negative impact on energy and food, inflation, digital currency, and human suffering, all to advance the globalist New World Order agenda that has been driven by corporate greed and their corrupt politician puppets. BlackRock is the corporation. They meet at Davos every year and set a new agenda for the next year of tyranny. What are we going to do to screw people again for the next year? How are we going to advance central bank digital currencies? How are we going to advance um, uh, uh, climate controls? How are we going to perpetuate our climate hoax? Because everybody knows that the climate hoax now is all about slave labor. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. There is no climate crisis. What climate is, is it's about perpetuating slave labor. It's about perpetuating the new world order, about consumers and manufacturers, where cheap labor reigns supreme for profits for the corporations. The open borders is a part of that. It's domestic slave labor that we're importing into our country. So those who don't want to work in manufacturing for the world for on the cheap can come to America through our open border and not only get registered to vote so that the ballot harvesters can rig elections, but they'll also come to our open border uh, and participate in slave labor, whether it's driving the Lyft and Uber cars, whether it's washing the dishwasher, whether it's plowing the field, whether it's landscaping, whether it's uh, working the meatpacking uh, plants, whether it's working in the hospitality, uh, changing the linens, washing the dishes, washing the linens. It doesn't matter. But where, wherever you see these people that can't speak English, when you go to a hotel or uh, you want to talk to your landscaper about, you know, the weather or sports and they can't speak English, you better know that these people are working for next to nothing and being taken advantage of. And it's slave labor. Heck, you know, when I'm on the treadmill at the gym, I watch sometimes I watch Home and Garden yeah, And they have um, these workers hammering up the walls and stuff, you know, like a makeover house and stuff. Yeah. And half the time they have bags over 
the workers' heads when the cameras are involved because they don't want to be identified because they're illegals. It's crazy. It's absolutely absurd. We live in this this hypocritical, such hypocrisy, such hypocrisy. A couple of tweets I wanted to read that were just something I retweeted yesterday. Bernie uh, Bernie's tweets says, I am fascinated by the erosion of democracy over the years and the gradual awakening of citizens as they begin to understand the loss of their own power. Governments, NGOs, and civil servants think we are stupid. They think we need them more than they need us. We don't. We don't need them. We could fight back. We are the power, not them. They depend on us for everything that they do. Just like socialism has always, always followed in the footsteps of capitalism because yes. they needed capitalist money in yeah. order to to uh, screw it up with after, socialism. The problem with socialism, as Margaret Thatcher always said, is that after a while you run out of other people's money. That's exactly right. And Insurrection Barbie said this, Biden wants to hand over our sovereignty to the WHO so they can mandate what we do during a pandemic. He wants to keep our borders open and decimate the dollar as the reserve currency. Welcome to the Great Reset. There's a lot of truth in that. She could have gone on and on with that. Uh, Emerald Robinson uh, wrote this. Eight years ago, homosexuals begged the Supreme Court to legalize gay marriage because they were marginalized. Remember the uh, Kennedy yes, decision, the constellation remember of benefits. It very well. We had Rick Grinnell on that day. Yes, that day we he like was we, the gay we, we literally wrote to him and got him on that day. He was in a makeup chair waiting to go on to uh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly, yeah. And uh, he uh, agreed to come on to our show, and he he was very couldn't have been nicer. Um, but he was a great he was a great opinion piece for that day. Um, but uh, Emerald Robinson writes this. Eight years ago, homosexuals begged the Supreme Court to legalize gay marriage because they were marginalized. Now they demand that straight male hockey players wear gay pride gear during games or else they will be terminated by their employer. It's time to suppress this cult. <laughs> I think that was brilliant. So uh, Charlie Kirk wrote this yesterday, breaking Republican senators are actively preparing for their retirement of minority leader Mitch McConnell. Huh? What are you you talking about that? Mitch McConnell fell. Yeah, he fell. McConnell experienced a major fall and concussion at the Senate Leadership Fund on March 8th at the Waldorf Astoria. You know where the wall? There used to be the Trump Tower. Yeah, exactly. There used to be the Trump uh, Hotel. Right, and it's where uh, it's where I've had several events. Yep, yeah, and uh, Waldorf. It's now the Waldorf. Yes, and you work with both. You worked with I, both I, regimes. I, ha- I had an event there when it was the Trump. I had an event when it became the Waldorf, and I couldn't notice how I couldn't help but notice how quickly they got rid of all the Trump merchandise. Yeah, that's sad. That's yeah. sad. You know, Trump made America great again, and he'll do it again in 2024. Um, But here it is. McConnell experienced a major fall and concussion at the Senate Leadership Fund on March 8th at the Waldorf Astoria. 
Formerly the Trump. Oh, okay. So he did say this. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly the Trump Hotel, and has been absent ever since. Mitch McConnell is eighty-one years old. Yeah. So, according to the conservative brief, um, it says update four thirteen. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell announced on Thursday that he plans to return to the upper chamber next week. I'm looking forward to returning to the. You know it's. It's kind of sad to say, but when he's gone, bad yeah. things happen less yeah. than when he's around. When right. he's around, right? He is the absolute wrong person for that job. How he got it, I have no idea. I do know this: that he and his one, wife Elaine Chow are the biggest fraudsters when it comes to illegal shipping mm-hmm. uh, across the Chinese seas. China seas uh, that that uh, is is available to the world um they're the worst in the world but i'm looking forward to returning to the senate on monday mcconnell said in a tweet we've got important business to tackle and big fights to win for kentuckians and american people like he gives two cents about kentucky senate gop leader mitch mcconnell has been out of the public eye for weeks one source says that cornyn has been particularly active in his preparations taking fellow senators with whom he has little in common to lunch in attempts to court them. So there seems to be some wrangling going on here. Uh, we'll see what happens. The Republican big shot, 81, banged his brain in a terrible March 9 t- tumble at w- at Washington, D.C.'s Waldorf Astoria Hotel nearly four years after another serious fall forced him to have shoulder surgery. So the guy's just falling all over the place. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say he's drunk or anything, mm-hmm. but he might be. Right. Right. After the recent fall, McConnell had admitted to the hospital where he spent six days. He's got to lay off the Kentucky bourbon. Right. That must be it. Yeah. Um, Days receiving treatment. So sources reportedly told the outlet that McConnell has experienced other medical emergencies in the past to go along with his childhood encounter with polio. That includes a triple bypass operation in 2003. So he's not very healthy at 81. Uh, you know, who knows? He might need to step down. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately in Kentucky, they have a liberal governor. They do. Uh, Bashir or something like Bashir. that. Bashir. And uh, that means that we would lose a senator because if he steps down, ooh, that's a big problem. Yeah. And he just got reelected. Yeah. So Republicans, you ought to think twice. He's got like four more years on his contract, uh, you know, with America, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, not 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 great. All right, so another senator, uh, Feinstein. Um, we got this. Ro Khanna says he decided not to run for the seat of retiring Senator Fein- Feinstein because he uh, because the House is the most exciting player because he just wants to be there. So, um, <laughs> going to run for the United States Senate? Why? I think the most exciting place right now for progressive policies in the House of Representatives. We have a lot of new members. Oh, well, it kind of endorses Republican Barbara Lee, who's black. Mm-hmm. And um, Gavin Newsom uh, said he wants to hire, a, uh, if he gets the chance to replace Feinstein, he'll pick a black woman. All right. Yeah. That's Barbara Lee. Right. All right. Uh, but Adam Schiff says, no, no. Um it's going to be me. And so this is what he says There's to There's a this. lot of energy in the Progressive Caucus, and I love being here. I love representing Silicon Valley in the House. 
You've endorsed Barbara Lee in that very competitive Democratic primary for the U.S. Senate seat. Why? And why not Katie Porter? Barbara Lee uh, has the most consistent anti-war foreign policy. I've admired, admired her since I was in law school when she cast the lone vote to give a blank check to President Bush on the Afghanistan war that led to 20 years of a war and terror in this country. Uh, I believe that a lot of Bernie progressives and others will rally around her. And as such, do you consider her the favorite in that race? No, I, I, I think, uh, look, candidly, I think Adam Schiff is has to be the favorite with his war chest and uh, Speaker Pelosi's endorsement. But I think Barbara Lee has a great uh, chance. And she also will likely make the top two, being the only candidate from the Bay Area. So that's an interesting dynamic there. And that's uh, likely to happen. So the changes, at times, they are changing, right? Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Feinstein seat. But again, we're electing people that could barely speak. You know, like Joe Biden. Yeah, he, this guy can barely string sentences together. What in the world? We are not electing our. Mm-hmm. How in the world are these people getting elected if not for election fraud? Yeah. I mean, they're not the anything, best and brightest, as Trump would no, say. No, they're not. They're not at all. They're not even close. Meanwhile, the EPA estimates that uh, pro- proposals are large enough to avert the equivalent of two full years of nationwide CO2 emissions. Absolutely meaningless. The last eight years and nine months of global emissions have caused no warming whatsoever. Um, the Washington Post, Biden to remake U.S. auto industry with toughest emissions limits ever. Well, that is only to enrich the Biden crime family with green uh, energy. Um, that is the biggest problem today. Today, the Biden administration proposed new limits on tailpipe emissions. Hooray for clean cars. But wait, this would force car makers to sell mostly electric and EVs are far from clean. Most emit 20 tons of carbon before you drive them. And we have, um, uh, uh, let's see, how much time do we have? Because we want to cover. All right. So, <laughs> But you want to wrap yeah, that up and yeah, then I'll do it. I'm going to see if I can get to this real quick. Let's take a listen to this. All right. I well, saw the back of his head in the crowd. All right, Thank you, Ashley, for the update yes. from Philly. Meanwhile, how about this? The Biden administration announcing the strictest limits on auto emissions ever to pave the way for more electric vehicles. The goal is to have 67% of the new vehicles be electric cars by 2032. But... Just 41% of Americans say their next car might be electric. So it's going to be a tough sell. Let's talk to somebody who's selling cars for decades. Tom Maoli is a New Jersey car dealership owner. You? He joins us live from out in the Whippany area. Hey, Tom, good morning to you. Good morning. How you doing? Okay, so Tom, it seems like every commercial on TV for a car is about an electric car. Obviously, the big car companies, and you represent all of them, you sell all of them, yeah. uh, they're trying to push EVs, electric vehicles. So what's the reaction from your customers? You know, it's interesting because while you're saying that the uh, the car companies are trying to push EV, it's really the government that's pushing it. The car companies don't want it. No, nobody has figured out how to make money on this on this venture. 
Ford is losing billions of dollars. The consumer is not buying into it. They're coming into the showrooms. They're afraid of them. No one knows the life expectancy of the battery. No one. They have range anxiety. There's the infrastructure is not in place. There's no place to charge your car. You, if you're going down the highway and you pull into a, a rest area and someone's charging, you have to wait 15 to 20 minutes for them to right. charge their yeah. car. It's a it's a big problem. Yeah. And, you know, it goes on from there. I mean, that is some major problems with this market. They're, they're basically doing a square peg in a round hole. It's a mess. And nobody wants these electric cars, and I don't recommend them. I think hydrogen cars is going to be the next frontier, not electric. This is going to be a big mistake for people who invest in that, I, I believe. Um, and with that, Leonora has something to share with her literary corner. Okay, and we're not we're not as literary today, but we are going to talk real briefly about a book review that I did over at the American Spectator. You visit spectator.org. It is um, based on a book called Limitless. The Federal Reserve takes on a new age of crises. The writer is Gina Smiliak, who is uh, a Federal Reserve reporter for the New York Times. And basically, and the t- and my title of my article is The Federal Reserve Overstepping Its Mission. New book discusses the Fed's role in bailing out the economy. And what we talk about here is, you know, there's some history of the Fed, history of the Fed's role. But in recent years, as we've seen, the Fed has kind of crossed the Rubicon. It happened in 2008 with the too big to fail bailout, where we were bailing, you know, we were bailing out uh, the big banks because of their collateralized debt obligations and, you know, the house bill on house of, of cards built on built on sand, you know that we've talked about many times. But then it happened again with the pandemic, where we were p- bailing out Main Street. So the question becomes: Is how much can the Fed keep backstopping? And then another really interesting topic, Scott, that you and I have discussed offline is the Fed's envi- involvement and being and pressure to get involved in environmental issues. And the, and the, co- the idea behind this is, okay, they're saying, all right, if uh, global warming happens and there's floods, this is going to cost a lot of money to insurance companies and the, and the banks have to pay for this. And so the Fed's got to get involved. And Jerome Powell, who, while I do not agree with him on everything, I will to his credit say that he kind of pushed back on that and said that this is not the place for the Fed. And the re- and the why he pushed back on this is because he saw a very slippery slope from getting involved with the actual risk or expense risk of environmental uh, disasters versus evaluating people for credit decisions based on their environmental policies and that is a bridge too far so those are the type and then of course we've got the one one, one more point scott we've got the possibility (laughs) of the central digital central bank digital currency which you've talked about a lot and that's another area in which the fed could be going too far it risks privacy it also could undermine the banking system wow so these are these are critical concerns spectator.org spectator.org all right and that brings us to the end of the scott adams show i want to thank everybody for tuning in today um you know, be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can to help us support America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at My Pillow. This show was sponsored by Shen Yun, uh, com to check out tickets over in Philly and Baltimore. My name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Corvetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>